Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson. Joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman back in studio, Media Day edition. Hello. We're already at basketball season. It's back. We're back. All the media days were today, I think. Maybe the Warriors were yesterday. There were a couple yesterday, I think. Yeah. But the good stuff coming today, lots of drama everywhere. But we'll try to keep it to the Suns. We will. Probably. Probably. We will. We will. All right, let's get through it. Uh, this is going to be a tough exercise for me because media days are always difficult because you hear from, I think we heard from 20 total people over the course of nearly five hours. Uh, and so you kind of just like wolf on the fly just asked me like, how was James Jones? And I had to go back three hours in my head to the very first person you talked and, and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to kind of just go through the bullet points here and not really focus specifically on quotes and what people exactly said, because I just got back from there an hour ago and I haven't even been like transcribing, listening to it back and all that kind of stuff. But we have to start with DeAndre Ayton and... We will share our opinions here in a minute, but I will say before we even get started in this discussion, everyone is welcome to their opinion. This is an extremely subjective thing. Sure is. Subjective thing, I should say. There are some times when someone plays, like, here's the thing, Kevin. It is objective that Cliff Kingsbury called a horrible football game yesterday. Objectively true. It is a fact. I refuse to be told otherwise. <laughs> now, again, people will argue it's subjective and it was on Kyler or whatever. I don't care. This is subjective, and what is subjective is that DeAndre, in his presser, was very subdued, I think is a word that you can't uh, deny, but then it's like, okay, was he more serious, or was he pissed? Was he stoic? He was short. He was short with his answers. We can say that's objective as well, but as someone who I'm writing the story on ArizonaSports.com right now, I've seen him talk hundreds of times. There's 10 to 20% of the time where this is the DeAndre that we get. And it's just like, I mean, anyone else. Like, you have good days, you have bad days. I think that's the case with everyone. But with DeAndre, it's it's more of extremes, I would say, just to share my perspective on it. What I mean by that is when he doesn't want to talk, it's really tough to get anything out of him, and it was tough to get anything out of him today. On the opposite, when not necessarily when he wants to talk, but when he's engaged with us, he's the best person to talk to on the team by a mile. And I always say this, he's been my favorite player to cover so far in my seven years of covering players on the Suns because his energetic jovial energy is just infectious to kind of be around that was not the DeAndre we saw today and before I kick it back off to you I will say to the people reacting to this please go and try watch the whole thing do not just watch a clip on Twitter do not listen to like an audio recording because that's just not going to give you the details on this and just in, in the detail that you need, if you watch a 10-second clip of his first answer, great. But try and watch the whole thing if you can find it somewhere. I'm not sure where it is right now, if it's up anywhere. But I'll say that before I say that if there was a day for that DeAndre to not show up, uh, this was that day, the day to put a smile on your face. 
And I don't want to go nearly as far as a lot of people have and like start to talk about him being professional, unprofessional, reading into why he was acting like this, whatever. The bottom line is he just got a $133 million contract from this team. He had an extremely uncertain offseason, which we're going to talk about here. May have just been the media and people like us with microphones humming it up a bit too much when his future was never in doubt. We don't believe that to be the case still. And when he talks like this and and represents himself like this, it can lead to speculation and it can lead to things on ESPN.com where Brian Windhorst writes a column. Mark Spears goes on ESPN television and says that the tone of the day was kind of like a funeral. It, it A lot of it to, again, it's not fair that we're pointing the finger mainly at DA because there was a lot of things going on today. Robert Sarver, Jay Crowder, and so on. But I'm saying this in order to emphasize how important it is for everyone to just kind of be themselves and and not appear to be what some people would read as distraught, which is not what I'm saying to be 100% clear. We're trying to treat this as subjectively as possible. I will say, before I kick it to you, if we talk to him on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever and he's like this, and then he's like this again for the next week or two, the quotes of him like, I'm playing angry, like I'm no more baby steps, all that kind of stuff, we're going to need to see that on the court or this is immediately going to turn into a he doesn't want to be here January 15th, January 15th, January 15th. Again, I said we're going to talk about it all year anyway, but boy, after today, it's really going to be talked about a lot. I'm curious how many, if anybody, told DA, like, you got you to say the right things in this moment, whether you believe it or not. But I, I do know, and obviously you're around him a lot more, you've seen interviews with him and hear them as well, a lot more than we, like I edit and readers read. But... I tend to think he's always honest as he can be. And if that was honesty, even if it was short, his answers don't make you feel great. And I think the one thing we got to point out is Monty was talking about, yes, they have like, I I think it was pretty unprompted. He said basically like people butt heads and that's not the totality of like who a player or a person is. And I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that was something about how they went out last year. And obviously the implication is him and DA had a thing in game seven of the Mav series. But Monty was like, he's been in the gym. He looks good. We're going to do more wrinkles, which are the things we wanted to hear. And the then corner D- three thing was interesting. The corner yeah. three thing. Yeah. And then DA goes and acts to like, I, I don't, it's subjective. Yeah. But it acts like he was upset. They matched an offer. And how he answered that first question from Dwayne Rankin of the Republic. Um, but he was also short on the Sarver stuff and all that kind of thing. His and answers were great on the Sarver thing, to be clear. Yeah. He put it pretty cut and dry, like really disappointing and unacceptable. Yeah. And I think that we'll get to this in a minute, but the more aggressive language I think needed to be there more today. Monty was the only person who really went there. He's like, I was unhappy reading that and quite frankly disgusted. Like it pissed him off. Yes. Yeah. He, he he didn't say it to that length necessarily, but even someone like James said like he wasn't, he backed up all those things and talked about how unacceptable it was, but at the same time he said he wasn't angry reading it. And it's like, I, I don't want to read into how people feel and, and react to things and I don't want to talk about that. But at the same time, we kind of have to have one of those conversations. And to me, it was one of those things where, 
uh, we won't get into it much more because we should keep talking about DeAndre, but it's like I was pissed reading that because I know people in that building when you cover a team for seven years. Hi, hello, how are you? Like you have these conversations with people around. Like I can rattle off a dozen, 15 names of people I know that work in that building right now. Mm-hmm. And I was pissed because I was like, if any of them, like, and those are just people that I know. So, and, and going beyond the people you don't know yeah. that just had those types of experiences. So that was... It, that that was what it was. I'll, I'll just say it like that. As as far as DeAndre, you can have a couple of different reactions. Mike Vigil, uh, who has been on this podcast before, filled in when you ditched us during the end of the season. Good for you, Kevin. Uh, he said, I've never seen DeAndre like this before in a press conference before. That was his interpretation of it. Right. I had a couple of people reply to my tweet and saying, hey, he maybe just hates you guys. And you know what? Fair. Probably. Because... Me, myself, I can just speak for myself here. I was extremely critical of him in the last couple of months, and we really broke it down and really zoomed in. Like, we had a segment on the Burns and Gambo show that got taken out of context, as things do online, but we we kind of titled it, like, the Red Flags, and it wasn't Red Flags about DeAndre specifically. It was Red Flags about his situation. And back in October, when he talked about wanting a new role and trying to diversify his game a bit, and just going back to little sections here and there, of the season where it's like, should we have been talking about this more at the time? And and so those were the types of things that got hyper analyzed by people like me. Yeah. And and I went on to write things and I believe like the one defining story that I wrote was here are the reasons why the Suns might not want him anymore because these parts of his game haven't really developed yet. And for someone like him who is uber talented and Cam said, Cam Johnson said today, like he's a two K creative player. Like he's <laughs> he can do anything on the court. That would piss me off, too, and I wouldn't want to talk to these people. So I I agree with that, too. Like, that could be it, too. But all we're doing here, I I ended last podcast saying we're out of the speculation zone. Here we are. We're never going to be out of the speculation zone. No, it's part of the job, unfortunately. Two things. One, with the DA thing, we, and I felt this way when we were talking for two months or whatever, about his the possibility of him leaving where it just started snowballing and there was hardly that much evidence to be honest before the KD thing where it was like everyone in this market and like these are people you everyone who works in this building was acting like he was gone and I kept being like and I don't care about like not criticizing someone or the possibility that he might not be gone because we'd run into him and have this conversation again, but it was weird. I will say it's weird that the media as a whole treated him like he was gone when it's not easy to trade a player. Like, there was never a definitive report either that suggested it as such. We were speculating yeah. more than anything. Yeah. So Which we said on this podcast. So I absolutely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I absolutely believe that when he, if he even tries to avoid that, he definitely heard that sentiment and probably pissed him off. Um, so if we're just going off of what he said, and yeah, he might be mad at the media. He he did say like I'm. He, he said this before in different terms in different places during the season, all that stuff. But he did say he wants to stop taking baby steps and he wants to you know be that dominant force that everyone wishes he was and he kind of insinuated like yeah i need to be that guy so if we take his word for it there he might indeed be playing pissed off that short energy 
putting it in the right places, not worrying about appeasing people and just going to play basketball. And so he did say, like, I'm enjoying being back with my teammates and doing that part. And so if he's fine with his teammates, then I don't know if you should be that worried, but obviously the word business was said regarding him, Jay Crowder, Kevin Durant, a lot today across the NBA. Two more things on this. One, uh, Cam Cox, uh, just to give a background inside baseball, we were in a room, large room. (laughs) They just, someone leaves, someone comes in, someone leaves, someone comes in, and we were just talking to people for over four hours. So I stayed and just like talked to everyone, but obviously once like some of the bigger names left, the guys were out there doing photo shoots and other things, like when you see the get on your feet, defense, defense, things from the, the hype videos and stuff, they record that stuff typically on this day. All the photos, like the intro videos and stuff, a lot of that gets done today. Holding a pumpkin for the Halloween game or whatever. And it's a cool day because you can kind of walk around and just kind of see the guys doing the things. Like Chris is taking uh, pictures with little Chris and and things like that. Uh, Cam Cox was around and he he noted that to him, DeAndre just seemed normal with his teammates. Like he was laughing, he was cracking jokes, he was being normal DeAndre. So I I wanted to cite that. Uh, I was not around for that personally. But one other thing I wanted to cite was that to your point, his first response to Dwayne's question just was not great. And Brendan Clean, uh, uh, another former guest of the podcast, pointed out that this is a pretty big departure from what he said in the ESPN article. And what he said was, this is a blessing. This contract not only has generational impact for my family, but also with the way we are able to work in the Phoenix community and home in the Bahamas. That is the things that we go by. I've come to understand that this is a business. So I was more anxious to get... Th- to know the end of the results so I could focus, move on, and just get back to work. I treated everything. I just treated everything like a business. Just keep being professional, approach everything with professionalism, and not looking too deep into it. That's, DeAndre is an incredibly thoughtful guy, to go back to what I was saying. And like he did, just did not choose to be thoughtful today. Like yeah. just <laughs> To pull that as an example of talking about directly what he was going to talk about today, he can be very thoughtful. And he just... For whatever reason, it was not going to happen today, and now we had to talk about it to lead off the podcast because guess what? When we podcasted last week, Kevin, and we sat here and said, what are the number one thing we're looking towards at Media Day? We said DeAndre and what he was going to talk about and just how he was going to speak because it was his first time speaking. And the returns were not great, uh, unfortunately. Now, again, I'm going to say this emphatically. It is up to you, the listener. It is up to you, Kevin. Jeremy's over there recording video. Hello, Jeremy. It is Kellen Olsen here, the guy talking with the mic. Everyone can just decide for themselves how they want to feel on this one. I'm not going to tell you how to feel one way or the other. I don't mean to do that on here any other time. I just want to emphasize again before we move off this. It is a very subjective and weird zone that we're in right now of react to body language and how the person is. But as you message me on uh, Teams, we can't not talk about this and can't not make it like our headlining story coming out of the day because it was such a big deal coming into the day. We'll see how it looks on the court. And we'll see if it's just like, oh, this is same DeAndre, this is slightly improved DeAndre, or this is angry DeAndre, or this is DeAndre who's really serious and looks like a different player in a good way. Like, I don't I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I butchered the question to Tori Craig, but I asked him just kind of, do you think that that kind of demeanor could help DeAndre, just having that 24-7? And, and he basically just said, like, we what everyone says about DeAndre to me. I was like, we've seen it. Like, we know what what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, what it looks like. The 24 and 12 guy, we've seen it. Just like in stretches. Head coach Sean Miller gets suspended after ESPN puts out an article about you accepting a lot of money. How do you play 
DeAndre, you've seen it. We moved on to bigger and better things in Tucson. We don't have to bring that up anymore. Jane Delora. On. Yeah. What'd you think of uh, the way everyone responded to Sarver questions? That was something where you're coming in, you know you're going to be asked about this. I think Dwayne asked pretty much everyone, even the guys that weren't here yet. You know you're going to get asked that question. I think there was a, on my timeline at least, a fair amount of criticism for the way almost everyone answered the question. I think that's fair. Like I said, fair criticism. But how did you, and and I'll share my thoughts in a minute, but how did you think the guys, uh, the ones that you saw, which was like the top half of the roster and the coach and the GM, how did you think they responded to the questions about their reactions to it and all that? I keep going back to like the Adam Silver thing where everyone is super critical on him. And again, he didn't have a great presser. Um, you, you can't go out and slander dudes no matter what you think. <laughs> I think, like, honestly, everything stayed within the bounds of how the, those guys' personalities were. Like, Chris doesn't like to talk about those things very deeply. He put out a statement. He didn't say a whole lot to me. Monty is, um, I think if you remember, Monty is a player he like and he's spoke about it as a young coach like he has some fire to him and he had the most fire in saying he was disgusted um reading that report <laughs> brought up like when you read it over and over and over again the bullet points it, it just makes you angry i think um james again like his personality is he's he's looking to how do we get past this um and he kind of put it out there in a different kind of way that fits his personality. Um, he and Book, I think both, and, and Monty too, all of them were basically like, look, this guy hasn't said it to me, any of these things. I didn't know this was a thing with this guy. And I believe them. And so how can they speak beyond that other than reading and believing what you read in that report, which they all did. So I didn't have a problem um, where some people might have. And I think, like, look, it's it's a legal thing, too. You can't, <laughs> yeah. go, you can't go and just, you know, wreck a guy on the mics. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought it was very thoughtful. And honestly, like, in this business, as much as you hear, we're moved past it. We put out a statement by the team. I was really happy that they went into detail about what their perspectives were, where they came from, and like talking about how they talk about it internally without giving it away of what they talk about, but that there are lots of discussions being had, and there's lots of discussions that Chris Paul had with Adam Silver that they're not going to share and all that kind of thing. So I think that more, I don't know if I'm just reinforcing what I thought would happen, but that's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, my brain's at the point now where I can't remember if I just said this 10 minutes ago or on the radio three hours ago. But Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, the Monty side of it, when he said he was disgusted and he was not happy when he read the report. Do you think it's unfair for me to say that should have been the bare minimum for everyone to say in response? Unacceptable was a big word that a lot of people use, and I think that's close. But again, the... Just how unforgiving and horrible the conclusions were from the report. I That's how I felt. I felt like that was the bare minimum. So I felt like ev- pretty much everyone came up a bit short in that regard. Just my opinion. I did like how Chris-ish, uh, a lot of guys, and I believe both Monty and James, Monty really emphasized, like, is this different? Like, 
is this year going to be different after all the drama? Not really. But I mean, the one thing that is different is like we need to continue to be mindful of the people who were affected by what happened yeah. with Robert Sarver. And we need to I, I don't know if he said this specifically, but you imagine what he means is like we need to do everything in our power to help make this a better place to work. Like, we, yeah, whether you like it or not, the millionaires that are millionaires because they're doing basketball things. They need to play a part in making that place better. It is not just on the interim owner, the new owner, the president. It's not just on the new HR people. It's it's not on anything like that. It, it, or it's on them, of course, but it's not just on them. Yeah, it's on Monty. It's on Chris. It's on Devin. To be honest, it's on Jock Landale. It's on Dwayne Washington Jr. Like there are little interactions that they can have with an employee that make their day or ruin their day. Yeah. And and that's just something that they have got to be conscious of going forward. They are working in a sensitive working environment right now. It's just really sensitive. And Monty urged the importance of that. So you know that he is the guy where he'll tell us something in his coach's post game, and then all of his players will echo what he said after because they really take in what he says. Hey, it's good leadership. Yeah, that's what it looks like, pal. So on that front, I really liked that, and I liked that Chris and Ish and a couple of other guys were like thoughts and prayers to everyone that was affected by this. I know that's like a tagline, like taboo kind of thing, to say, like an easy thing to say. Acknowledging the people that matter now. But at the same time, acknowledging them is very important. Like, that is a very important thing to do. And again, I that is the first response that I had. Um, one of the first responses I had when I read the report was the people that I know who were in the building. And then it was also, I feel so bad for the people who went out on a limb because it was going out on a limb to participate in Baxter Holmes' story, to participate in this investigation, and then just read the animus line. I cannot imagine how they felt reading that. And then read the Robert Sarver comments when it first drops, and then... The people who experienced that from him were a part of those interactions with him and then had to read his statement back in October calling this all lies, innuendo, false narratives, questioned Baxter Holmes' integrity... David Bodzin, hope I said his name right, who went out and spoke to Baxter Holmes in one of the initial stories, um, he went on with Amin and Tom Hatterstrow and their podcast and basically said, like, the statements that the Suns put out initially when word of this impending story, the story wasn't out yet, when the Suns put out all those statements about how it's not going to be true, they're falsehoods, whatever... He said when he read that, that pushed him to go and seek Baxter Holmes out and, and be willing to open up and talk about it, which tells you something about all this, which is the people who experience those things and, and why like not believing victims is often a thing is because people, they want to just have their livelihoods and and be humans and not be degraded and they'll leave a job yeah sure but then when you look back at it it's like oh i i can help more people by going on the record and speaking to the lawyers and all that and so that that was really telling in the past week that we i think was important to touch on is just how we've all come to come to this conclusion that what the sale decision has been is the right thing to do yeah and just to hammer my point one more time if you're not taking it in for whatever reason i can't tell you how many times i've heard from like employees ex-employees of the team that just like chris devin mikel deandre cam monty james like they're the nicest people to work with and it's just you can tell 
like again, this whole culture foundation thing, how much the basketball operations side can do to help that just the whole building and how they're feeling. Also, it's it's a separate entity and that that's just the nature of front offices. But I yeah. think it's important that they're ex- they're willing to be like, oh, that, that was a different yeah. experience of those people than what we have in here. Yeah. In the same way that I, as a reporter, like get the mic and I'm talking to Cam Johnson, I can just talk about his golf swing with him for the first 30 seconds we talk because it's like, I know I have a positive rapport with this person and it's fun and it makes us all remind uh, the reason why I do it is remind everyone like these are human beings. Yeah. They're not just the men ba- bouncing the basketballs. Who's like, on your fantasy team. And Yeah, I told Mikel Bridges on behalf of everyone who has Allen Robinson on their fantasy team to tell Stafford to get Allen Robinson the ball more. <laughs> and I did go on to correct myself. Well, he did drop a touchdown too. Yeah. <laughs> but still, he could get the ball more. There was a play where he was like wide open over the middle of the field. No one was near him and he threw it into double coverage to Cooper Cup. But to be fair, if I was Cooper Cup's quarterback, I would throw it into triple coverage into him all the time before looking at anyone else. Tyler Higby. Did you expect when we recorded this podcast I would take a shot at Tyler Higby? He was like the leading target man heading into that game. They decided to run some nickel on it. Anyway. We're going to be here for three hours if we don't kind of yeah. roll through some of the bigger stuff. So Let's the two go. big ones we should talk about before we kind of go into the rapid fire stuff to end it. Jay Crowder. Kevin. <laughs> oh, that was Sunday. Reporting with sources. Oh, my goodness. Uh Brian Windhorst, in his story, by the way, that is titled Phoenix Suns in Shock as Robert Sarver Saga Hangs Over Team Entering Season. That is the story that he wrote that I'm alluding to and just how he and Mark Spears both presented there, how they interpreted the day. And, and that was that was how they did. In this story, he reports, and this is the first time we've seen this kind of reported somewhere, Crowder was told that he may, may, keyword, lose his starting job this season and it prompted him to request a trade. Yeah. I want to start really quickly here before we even get to the details so i don't forget to say this uh shout out cam johnson because he had incredibly positive things to say about jay so there's no bad blood nothing like that and just spoke to how much like i could ask jay about anything at any time of the day at any time of the night I could call him about anything on off court being a pro being a player all this kind of stuff uh kevin if you asked for a trade from arizona sports because you were told that you may lose your starting job to me i would take offense to that and I would hold a grudge against you. I just would. That's what I would do. So for Cam to say that, shout out to him, man. Because that's not an easy. I don't think that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. Because look, that's how you've got to take it. It's like, oh, you don't think I can beat you for a starting job? Like, how dare you? Like, he's 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 got pride. He's got an ego. It's okay. How this all started? Well, it started like a month ago two months ago, three months ago, where Jay's Instagram and Twitter activity was like, are you okay with being in Phoenix still? He liked a tweet of a Dallas Mavericks fan being like, hey, come back. And it was him in the Dallas Mavericks jersey from way back when when he started his career with them. A Miami Heat reporter said, oh, well, this is from Jay Crowder, who's a Miami potential Miami trade target and a PJ Tucker replacement. Jeremy loves that Heat fan. I, <laughs> By the way, Jeremy, I got to say, P.J. Tucker and Jay Crowder's teammates, I can't get it out of my head. I need to see him on the Sixers. That's what I want to see. I don't know if it makes sense from a trade, but like those two personalities <laughs> together, you're shaking your head now. You need to keep the balance, right? Yeah, he says you need to keep the balance, and that's that's fair. Anyway, that kind of response, and then he pinned an Instagram comment that said, like, as a Heat fan who spoke on, all behalf of, uh, on behalf of all Heat fans said, we'd love to have you back. We'd love to pay you, all this kind of stuff. 
typically not stuff you do. Like Mikel Bridges gets tweeted 35 times a day by Sixers fans that are like, we messed up, please come back. <laughs> and he just never really touches that stuff because his pin tweet, and it always has been, has yeah. been, I never want to leave Phoenix. He has some awareness to him, yeah. Well, Jay has some awareness to yeah, him, Yeah, also too. does, he yeah. He knew what he was doing. So, all of this kind of comes to a head on Saturday? Friday. Friday night. Friday night. Then Dwayne yeah. Rankin just churning out articles, as he always does on AZ Central, one of the hardest working men on the planet. God bless him. Put together just a training camp storyline story, and one of them was, like it was last year, is Jay Crowder or Cam Johnson going to start? Jay Crowder quote tweets it and says, 9-9 won't be there. 9-9 <laughs> is him. Uh, that is <laughs> that Jay is Crowder. his number on the it's back nine, of his jersey. Chris Paul is usually referred to as three. It's kind of a thing on the team. That would be really Other cool. Other sports do that too, Kellen. I would love to be called. In, my lucky number is 17. Can you start calling me 17? Who was 17 Jeremy's shaking his head. No, that's just rude. Was that like Ronnie Price's number? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I think that was Lou Amundsen with 17. Sebastian Tell. I should remember no, more of 11. the Suns who had 17 and like the Cardinals and stuff for like the local teams and D-backs players. I don't know. I, anyway. Andy is Andy about your that's, that's Yo. <laughs> you lost your My body your is rejecting <laughs> Andy Isabella. <coughs> I won't mute my mic there to <laughs> emphasize that those are real coughs coming out of my my body is rejecting the notion of feeling any sort of connection to Andy Isabella. Hey, buddy, run your route. What are just you keep, doing? Just keep doing it. Just don't stop running the route. Okay. What, what is he expecting? A back shoulder fade there? <laughs> run! You are still in the league because you are fast. Run. You don't stop your route to look up for the ball. Your route running is not what you are known for, my friend. It's running in a straight line. Just keep going. See if the ball is going to be there from the excellent throw by the good quarterback. <laughs> so then, I don't even know. So now it's like, okay, Jay's not going to be at training camp, and we're just kind of waiting for something official. But you don't just tweet that. He immediately deleted it, to be clear. But you just don't tweet that thing unless you're going to be there. So now it turns into this thing like, okay, what's going to happen from here? Shams reports about an hour before the Suns or 30 minutes before the Suns released a statement on Sunday that he's not going to be there. Mutually agreed, the two sides have, to find him a trade. Suns come out with their own statement. And, of course, everyone was asked about it, just like the Sarver thing, just like the DA thing for the most part. Everyone was asked about it. And I think where I'm at is, and how I phrase my questions is, you can be surprised by this, but everyone's situation in the league is always different. And look, you can sit here and say, like, will Jay start on Boston if he gets traded to Boston? Or will he get? Will he even start on the Sixers if he gets traded to the Sixers? Like, you can say yes, you can say no. The bottom line is he, at this portion of his career, believes he's still a starter in this league. He's entering a contract year. So he wants a more certified role going forward. And, and to speculate, we love that. Kevin, I just probably think he was told like it's going to be you or Cam, but like you guys are going to fight in training camp for this spot, like in preseason. Then we'll make a decision. Like we're not going to decide right now. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't good enough for him. A guy who is again, I I won't rattle through his accomplishments. Been a winner everywhere he's gone. Did everything they could have asked out of him. Like some people are listening to being like, he could have hit three more threes or whatever. (laughs) He could have hit a three in the New Orleans series instead of going three for twenty seven or whatever it was he's done everything they've asked. He has been, in terms of this contract they signed him for, when he got here, our thoughts on his arrival, he has been, it's been an A-plus in terms of like how you grade that signing. And I don't know, I just think the guy's entitled to thinking that. Now, let me say one more thing, because I've wanted to say this, but I can't say it on Twitter. Because people will just, they won't respond to it well, and they won't respond to it well while I'm saying here. 
Why do you think Jay Crowder did that? It's because he probably asked for a trade six weeks ago and they haven't traded him yet. That's probably why he did it. You know? So eventually you got to take the ball into your own hands and say, hey, I don't want to be here. I won't be there at trading camp. And honestly, I'm going to say, good on him for doing that. You got to look out for you. No one else is going to look out for you. If you gave them, I'm going to assume, and this is where you can roast me if I was wrong on this, if we find out reports that this was a thing that developed in the last week, I would be very surprised. Yeah. I think this has been going on for a month or two at least, and they haven't been able to trade him yet. You could argue the end of the season. You could argue exit interviews, and they didn't trade him yet. So it... Is he supposed to show up like Markeith Morris did? And Jeff Hornacek supposed to sit there and talk about Markeith Morris? Like, hey, this guy doesn't want to be here anymore. How do you feel about him on your basketball team? I, that, my here, thoughts. Here's, here's the thing about it and why I like what the Suns do generally with James Jones. And I like this because what are they going to do with that $10 million contract? Like, what are you going to get in response, in return for Jay Crowder? A second round pick, a draft pick. If you're lucky if you get a late first, it's expiring. It's a bit of money. Like, is he just going to sit out for like the foreseeable future into the season? And look, <laughs> no, because no, this doesn't is good, seem like a good idea for him to play again for the team. I got to say, yeah, or suit up. That's not going to go there. well with your, we're going to try to appease even guys who don't want to be here and be a nice. <laughs> player-friendly team but you know what it does do it has you just having 10 million dollars to throw into any trade for when you hit february and you're like yeah yeah we need to get eric gordon let's just do it so they have no reason to move on this they're not going to get very much right now i think it's fine i think it's fine it's not too. great for the depth it's not great for the depth it's it's depth it's not good for just having another thing like yeah, they've already got enough. Right, they've already got enough. The I'm not even going to write a story on like how everyone responded to the how is the game seven loss sitting with you or whatever because it's like that's like the sixth, seventh most important thing yeah. to come out of the day. <laughs> yeah. When for a lot of teams, the way that season ended, that would be number one, and it's just kind of like how fans were reacting because of their extra emotional interest um, in this compared to someone like me. Just the way that they were reacting to those quotes, I just like forgot. Kind of like yeah, this is still a massive story with how they that's- react to all this, but with Jay. I do not think that James Jones with how he sees this thing is going to trade his top a top six player on his team for salary filler in his first round pick or salary filler in two second round picks or whatever yeah he is going to want to get back at least one basketball player who can do stuff for them and again they have that open roster spot maybe they can do a two for one in there somewhere I, I I don't really know. Okay. Gambo's reporting yeah. that from what he's heard from players, Jay wanted an extension, which he was not going to get. And then he was also told that he was not going to start or end games. And that's why we are where we are. That's a little different. Today. Yep. It's a little different, but at the same time, we are where we are. We, we are where we're... So with him, I don't think, to go back to that point, yeah, so James isn't going to do that. He is not going to trade him for just a, a nothing player and picks. He is going to get back a basketball player. So it is going to take time for that to happen. That's why it's taken a month or two months. And that's why I'm sure other teams knew. <clears throat> Again, I don't think that Shams or, or Jay tweeting that and the team coming out with this changed his trade value a ton. No. Maybe it did a little, but teams know these things. Teams yeah. will know 
that hey, this guy wants out, and they're not. They have to give him up because he doesn't want to be there anymore. Like teams know that it doesn't have to be Eric Bledsoe tweeting, "I don't want to be here anymore." Kevin Durant, uh, if you remember, this is like twenty years ago, publicly went out there and said, "I want to be traded," and then everyone knew it, and then everyone tried, and then he still wasn't traded. Which we he should said mention it to today. That's in a closed door office, in a closed door. Yeah, to be clear. He, uh, if he would have tweeted it, it would have been different. Paraphrasing. Yeah, he showed up at Nets point. media day. He said, "I'm committed to the Nets." You should know that, Nets fans. You've seen me for a few years now. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Th- see, this whole all of these problems when we get back to like the game seven was like their seventh most important problem. This happens to like good teams, I guess. Where you get past the, okay, we started from like 19 wins. Oh, you, you play competent basketball the next season under Monty Williams. You hired a competent coach. The GM knows what he's doing a little bit. You aren't embarrassing. And then we moved into, oh, oh, they're in the, the NBA finals. And then we hit the bad, when expectations are raised, then things go bad. Now there's finger pointing. Now there's guys angry. There were some racisms in there. With the owner, which is on a completely another level that's not basketball related. Yep. But everything else after that is kind of just where you go with a team that has high expectations. Go with it. You need to go with it indeed. I I don't think I have anything else to add on Jay. We can elaborate more on his absence, but at the same time, I think we should just kind of wait and see if he's still going to be here in like a week. If he's still here in a week and we're talking like, okay, you're two weeks away from opening night that's when we really need to start talking about it but i think we can oh there's gonna be longer than that kellen (laughs) okay let's predict that before we go to rapid fire stuff and get out of here do you think he will be on the suns on opening night yeah yeah i don't think so i'll say yeah you say yeah jeremy go heat i don't know which mic it is buddy we're gonna talk here jack i think that's you hello can you hear yeah yeah Yeah, you're there hi jeremy schnell uh, arizona sports Huge um, video work, fantastic um, stuff. Just to go back to a team that Jay Crowder was was on, uh, he was on Memphis, that, that he got traded from Memphis to the Heat. Andre Iguodala didn't play the entire season for Memphis because he wanted to get traded. So It's true. Suns might have yeah. to add someone in this trade too because now everybody knows he wants to get traded. Yeah, and that's where you look at Gambo's reporting on the uh, – Bogdanovich front the boy on Bogdanovich front. Oh, he, yeah, we didn't mention that, that. he oh, got dealt boy. he got dealt to Detroit for pennies, uh, which was Saban Lee and Kelly Olenek. Boy, the Tyrese Halliburton rule, fellas, I keep bringing it up, and hey, Danny Ainge really loves him from <laughs> Kelly Olenek, so that trade <laughs> happened because of that. And if we're you just here have a little taste and you're without a few years, you just got to go back and Saban Lee, Corona Del Sol. Um, on that reporting, Gambo reported that Jay Crowder was a part of those talks. And that the Suns wanted Jared Vanderbilt from Utah as well as Boyan Bogdanovich. And yeah. as you know, Kevin, if Jay Crowder is in the deal, that means that one other son has to be in the deal to match the salaries with Boyan. So I believe this was again James saying, like, I'm not doing a two for one. Like I'm not I need two basketball players back if you're I'm gonna get two taken away. So it's gonna be interesting to see how long they wait because I think we need to say this out loud and to your point, just before we go and move on to other things and like I think at the end of the week we'll talk more about like his absence but if they start this year and he's not playing they are a worse basketball team yeah 
by a pretty discernible margin. Now, it's not that they go from like the fourth best team in the league to the ninth best team in the league or something, but again, Jay is one of their six most important players. I will not have that be denied anywhere. Like he is. Even if you think it's six and then Cam Johnson is way up there at fifth or whatever, he is still one of their most important players. And to go from having one having one of those guys to not having one of those guys and having no one in to kind of replace him, that's again, like Ish might be playing minutes opening night. Like we we might get there. Like Tory Craig might be the first guy off the bench. Like we Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where it goes uh, from here. Let's just kind of bounce back and forth. Was there anything else that kind of stood out to you? What did Mikel say about the vine? I'll pull it up. (laughs) Explain the vine and what So the vine is a great establishment, formal establishment. R.I.P. Rip on what? Dan Bickley was there. Dan Bickley was there? Didn't he get the video? He got the video from someone. Hmm. I used to go there. I went to the University of Arizona, which is in Tucson, um, but I moved back. I lived very close to the Vine in Tempe. It was a great place. <coughs> Grab, you know, some beverages, play pool. They were doing games. karaoke. They were doing karaoke. Mikel Bridges was slamming his hands on the ceiling. Standing on chairs standing or on a chairs. booth or some sort. And-, and this was like the last or the night before the last day. And I went the day before he went and it was packed. It People was, loved this place, and they were just packing it before it closed. He was just singing karaoke. What song was that? Um, My Chemical Romance? Yeah, he was singing some MCR. I love it. Yeah, well, I didn't know they had the acronym. The real ones, the real ones, no. Yeah. Mikel is a real one. I was true to myself at the Vine the whole time, that's for sure. Mikel Bridges. Okay. That is via Gerald Borgay of PHNX Sports. Uh, that was my important takeaway of today. Did you have any? Uh, these guys still really like being here. Mikel said, like, I, I am forgetting about So it wasn't like thing. a funeral? No. I didn't get that vibe Ooh. from watching the stream either, but... Hearing from guys like Mikel, Cam, and Ish in, like, the back half, too, um, when we were three hours in or whatever, you know, two hours in, and some people had left. I mean, that's another part of it, but... I mean, Cam said, thank the Lord it didn't happen in regards to a, a Kevin Durant trade. Because if he's involved, great. If he's not involved, I mean, Mikel's probably involved. Him and Mikel are besties. Like, that sucks. Uh, Mikel basically said, like, yeah, I am going to forget about this. I, You guys know I've said this. I don't want to leave here. I just want to finish my career here. He's not saying that as an empty blank statement, by the way. Even the baseball team inviting him for a silly day to promote their game. And, and then get, they get washed. The Phillies they, do. <laughs> like... From what Mikel said, like that that matters. He feels a part of the community. So like, yeah, there's <coughs> if you think this iteration of the Suns is just gonna blow up, I don't think it's that easy to say. I think they're gonna do some stuff to get better. Obviously the J thing is an obvious no duh, but they're so, they're in a good spot, I think, mostly. I could not again, to Jeremy and I's point, I could not hear people like I couldn't hear people. So <laughs> when Monty talked, he said that it was either Jock or Josh. The coaches were really excited what they have here. I believe it was Jock that he was talking about. But either way, either guy, like <laughs> it matters for both of them. I believe he said Jock. I believe Gerald caught it as Jock. He was in like the front row. I was a couple rows back, so he had better ears for it than I do. My, I got earwax all over the place in the ears, too. So that's probably <laughs> Gerald probably has better hearing than I do right now. I loved Josh Akoji saying, like, yeah, me and Mikel played pickup a couple. We were playing pickup a couple weeks ago. Me and Mikel got on the same team. We looked at each other, nodded, and we're like, yep. And then they went out there and worked defensive menaces and all that kind of stuff. And I, I need to find the full quotes again, doing this without 
transcribing and listening to everything back, but it was just basically like, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like when me and him were on the court together playing defense with him and I asked him, Chris, who obviously at this at this age is not the defensive player he once was, but he is one of the greatest defensive guards of all time. Like look at the all defense list and how many people have as many as he does. It's like five or six other guards and that's it. So he deserves that label. And yeah, Koji is going to be an exciting player to see. Um, Landry Shamit had a lovely story where he talked about how um, I believe it was his father's family, uh, another family of his father's, he got to connect with. And he has three other siblings, basically. And then uh, Lena Washington from 12 News asked him, like, did you guys do stuff? What did you do? And Landry lit up and he was like, oh, my God, it was so much fun. Like, I just got to know his three new siblings. Like, hey, that's really cool. (laughs) Like, that's awesome. That those were the main ones that kind of stuck out to me. Um, was great. To, Dwayne Washington Jr. was great. It just seems like, and the thing I asked him, and I'll make the point myself, is that he's on a two-way. He comes from Indiana. He was just like a rookie last year. So to come here and come to an organization like this, not to say the Pacers are trash, but to come here, an organization like this, and then to have someone like Devin Booker, who not only he has a close connection with, he has a close connection with one of the best players in the league who has seen everything in seven years. And then Devin, can you feel easier talking to Chris and all those types of guys? Like he's in a really good spot to succeed. Are they Michigan? Emphasize what's that. What's a Michigan person? Michiganders. Called? Michiganders. Is that it? I couldn't tell you. Don't forget about Cam Johnson's rookie extension that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I need to go. But that was that came up in my head about twenty minutes ago, and I was just <laughs> like, I, he was talking to me. And when people are talking to me at these things, I <laughs> just, make eye contact yeah. and nod well, and Mikkel, be respectful. Mikel talked about it as well, how he's given him advice about yeah. what to do during this time when you're just like, when am, when is this going to come? We'll see. Uh, I would read into the Jay Crowder thing and say we're going to get it done before the deadline. Okay. We, we as in me, speaking on behalf of the, the deadline, Phoenix Suns basketball the, the organization that might deadline. get sold for $4 billion or whatever. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about Bezos money later. Different podcasts, our crypto podcast. Stop trying to like make yeah. it this thing where like we got like nice little water bottle. Did you get a water bottle? A yeah, little yeah, flask thingy yeah. from the Suns. They gave out great little gifts. Like he's what, acting like we're going to get like Amazon Prime memberships at Media Day next what, year. What would we get from Bob Iger though? Like Mickey Mouse. Uh, pay for my Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, ooh, just pay, pay my, my yeah, monthly yeah. subscription. I'm almost for out of there, brother. Plus. I gotta say, I'm almost out of there. That just seems not Andor. Close. Not. I'm just out on Star Wars stuff. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but it's like too much. It's too much Drew McGarry said it it treats you like an adult. It's good. I need people to be like overwhelmingly positive and then I'll go back. The Mandalorian is the only thing I'm in on and then everything else I'm out. I watched the first episode of Boba Fett and I was like, dude. Oh, yeah. Dancing with the Stars is on Disney Plus now, too. Oh, jeez. I mean, they're just finding (laughs) ways to up their charge even more. Like Hulu's going up to $17. I'm sure Disney Plus is already $15. Oh, I I got the bundle. I'm just giving them all my well, money good for you okay. you have a lot of money kevin yeah i do think about the pores yeah, yeah. Oh, okay i was about to say we'll, right. talk, we'll talk to bob Iger when he yeah, gets i there. was about to curse on the podcast and got really close so that means we should stop yeah i think we agree because we're 45 minutes into this thing that we probably need to come back at the end of the week and recircle revisit we on have a more couple of basketball these stuff and also we have like a couple weeks of training camp we'll be fine we sure. do, and we're just going to be in a better spot in terms of digesting. Like, We'll get into the Cam extension stuff and just what he said about Jay more specifically once I write the article and read the words and see what he said. And then going into the week, I'm gonna one of the things I'm going to be asking about is I looked up the numbers. Let me go really quickly. So last year, Kevin, 
two years ago, I'm sorry, the NBA Finals run. They make the NBA Finals. Take a guess on the amount of days they had off between the last day of the Finals, finals. and then the first preseason game. It was July. Was it a month? It was It was longer than you think, but it was it still... Two months? 75 days. Ah, uh, yeah. By the way, if I just count like the day after Book got his golden medal... 50 gold medal 57 days yeah. for him like under two months for him yeah how much do you think it was this year <clears throat> like i said it's been like 20 years was it 139 days so months? nearly yeah. nearly doubled yeah so over over uh, four months yeah. compared to just a little two and a half months basically we're back to regular life except with more covid i tried to ask chris about it he was just like i got to see my family longer so that's great but i tried to ask him if like physically he feels better because he got four months off but well i'm gonna ask monty and so we're gonna get into a bunch of more basketball oriented things uh like that buddy i'm excited jeremy thanks for using your brain to remind official guest of the empire of the suns podcast you're welcome Reminding us of what happened today. Listen to State of the Sun Devils on ArizonaSports.com. That is the Arizona State podcast that Jeremy has. I don't know, brother, why you'd want to listen to that right now, because those things, (laughs) unless you just want to vent. a lot of controversy. I feel like people like controversy. Yeah. That's probably why they're going to listen to this podcast today. Yeah. When Kevin Sumlin got hired, I just stopped. I disconnected for (laughs) two years or whatever it was. But hey, if you want to hear the thoughts on the uh, Iguano, is that how you say it? The Iguano era? Yeah. Hey, look, they have a really good running back again for the 14th time in 17 years. Yeah, or but for some reason, they didn't use him. It's hard to be a football player. threw the ball like 50 man. times. That doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't say anything about Jaden Delora. Also, I'll get uh, yelled at and tweeted <laughs> and called fat and talk about masks. All right, everyone. Inside joke there for the people who were on Twitter for those three hours before that coward deleted his tweets and made his account <laughs> private. Hope you're listening, pal. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.